Am I on? Can you hear me? I see a green light. Test, 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 test. We good? Oh, there we go. I apologize ahead of time to the sound person. I don't talk very loud, so you're going to have to crank me up. Sound guys hate me. That's all right, though. Jesus teaches to forgive. Good morning. I'm so excited to be with you um, for many reasons, but I, I consider it a, a privilege and an honor to share Jesus with you today, to, to speak about Holy Spirit with you today, because I really, what it comes down to is I get to talk to you about my best friend, which is Holy Spirit. And it's hard because, you know, we have limited time and I'm like, man, all the things I want to share, how can I condense that down into 20 or 30 minutes? That seems impossible. Um, but before I dig in, let me just share a little bit about who I am so you know kind of what the heck I'm doing up here. So uh, I'm born and raised in Goshen, locally grown, corn fed, just like the deer. And I, I went to Northridge High School. It was actually cool. At the first service at the other campus, I had uh, one of my former teachers come up to me. I didn't recognize her. She recognized me. And she reminded me of how ornery I was, very graciously. But it, that reminded me of my testimony, because we all have a testimony of being saved out of something. Um, and it was really cool to, to see her excited to see me not like I was. Um, but I, I'm married. I have a wife named Elizabeth and two kids. They're pretty awesome. Simon and Noel, 10 and 6. Um, and I pastor a church called Mission 72. And you might be thinking, what the heck does that mean? Mission 72. Well, Mission 72 is named after the 72 that Jesus sent out on mission after the disciples, or 70, depending on the translation you use. Uh, we picked 72. Sounded cooler. Um, but I, I really have a heart and a passion for teaching people to know God. Not just know about God, but to know him. And I was, as I was praying this morning, or praying uh, this week for about this morning, I was asking the Lord, you know, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? What do you want me to share? And I really felt like the Lord reminded me that about the scripture in Deuteronomy, where the Lord through Moses commands the Israelites to talk about the testimonies of what God has done, of who God is. It talks about teaching them to your kids, talking about them when you rise up and when you sit down, when you come and when you go. Why? Because God, it's almost like he knows a thing or two about us that we forget. We have an experience with God, and all of us have. If you're saved, if you, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Scripture tells us that the only way to the Father is that the Holy Spirit woos you there, moves you into that place. So everyone here has had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and to some degree. But we forget time passes, those memories fade, and we forget that we serve an incredible God. So as I was praying, I felt like the Lord said, 
remind them of who I am. So I'm not here to sermonize you today. I maybe not even be here to teach you. I, I told Pastor Chad earlier, I said, this is the strangest message I've ever felt led to give. But I really feel like there's, there's nothing that I have to teach you that you don't already know. But I have something that I want to impart to you, and that's Holy Spirit. Not impart in some weird spiritual way, but just give Jesus away, right? There's always more. There's always more of, of Holy Spirit. So my heart for you is, is to encourage you this morning, to provoke you, and hopefully stir your faith and spur you on to hunger and thirst for more of God. Are you with me? All right. So the topic is Holy Ghost. You've been talking about Holy Ghost, I think, for a month now, right? So we're going to tell some ghost stories. Holy Ghost stories. Again, in, in the spirit of Deuteronomy, where we, we talk about who God is and what God has done, we're going to stir up faith for, for, for who Holy Spirit is. One thing that needs to be said is Holy Spirit is God. God is one. How, how many of you know the scripture? Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And how many know the Lord is three? And he's one. And he's three. And he's one. If you figure out that mystery, tell it to me sometime. I don't know if we ever will. God is a... We try and put him in this box to comprehend him. If you read the account of creation in Genesis, you see a God that talks to himself. Because he's three. And the relationship of those three and the unity is one. <laughs> Let that one sit for you for a while. But too much of the church for too long has worshipped the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. And it's almost like Holy Spirit is over here in the corner being put in this box, rejected, unwanted, because, well, Holy Spirit's a little bit strange, right? He does things we can't control. Makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Has anyone felt a little uncomfortable by God? I have. Makes me feel uncomfortable on a regular basis. It's a good place to be in. I pray, and I know this is a scary prayer, Lord, don't ever let me be comfortable. Don't ever let me be stagnant. But Francis Chan, many of you know Francis Chan, awesome guy, great author, great man of God, wrote a book called The Forgotten God. The premise is, again, what I'm talking to you about, about this, this God, the Holy Spirit, that we have forgotten, put off onto the side, placed to the side, and put in a box. So I want to share with you out of Scripture and answer this question. What does the Bible expressly say about Holy Spirit? His attributes, his acts, 
who he is. So I'm going to invite you, as I read a few things, to get comfortable physically, literally. Take a breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Situate. Maybe recline a little bit. I know your backs of your chairs don't move. But get comfortable. Maybe even close your eyes. Whatever helps you focus on the Lord, because we're gonna go, I'm going to take you on a journey here through Scripture about what Scripture says about Holy Spirit. Okay? You with me? So let's focus on the Lord. Holy Spirit is creator. Genesis 1, 1 and 2. Job 33, 4. Psalm 104, 30. He conceived Jesus. Matthew 1, 20 and Luke 1, 35. He raised Jesus from the dead. John 10, 17. Galatians 1, 11. Romans 8, 11. He has a mind. 1 Corinthians 2, 11. Romans 8, 27. He has a will. Acts 15, 28. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. He has emotions. Isaiah 63, 10. Romans 5, 5. 1 Thessalonians 1, 6. He speaks to us. Acts 8, 29. 1 Timothy 4, 1. Hebrews 3, 7. Revelation 2, 7. We can lie to him. Acts 5, 3. He can be tested. Acts 5, 9. He can be insulted. Hebrews 10, 29. He can be blasphemed. Matthew 12, 31. He leads us. Romans 8, 14. He convicts us. John 16, 8. He intercedes. Romans 8, 26. He calls. Acts 13, 2. He commissions. Acts 20, 28. He helps us. Romans 8, 26. He guides us. John 16, 13. He reveals things to us. 1 Corinthians 2, 10. He instructs us. Acts 8, 29. He testifies of Jesus. John 15, 26. He comforts us. Acts 9, 31. He fills us up. Acts 4, 31. He strengthens us. Ephesians 3, 16. He prophesies through us. Second Peter 1, 21. He bears witness to the truth, Romans 9, 1. He brings joy, 1 Thessalonians 1, 6. He brings freedom, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. He helps us obey, 2 Peter, or excuse me, 1 Peter 1, 22. He calls for Jesus' return, Revelation 22, 17. He transforms us, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. He lives in us. 1 Corinthians 3.16. He frees us. Romans 8.2. He renews us. Titus 3.5. He produces fruit in us. Galatians 5.22 and 23. He gives gifts. 1 Corinthians 12.8-10. He leads us. Romans 8.14. He sanctifies us. 2 Thessalonians 2.13. He empowers us, Acts 1.8. He unites us, Ephesians 4, 3-4. He seals us in himself, Ephesians 1.13.
He gives us access to the Father. Ephesians 2.18, he enables us to wait. Galatians 5.5, 5. he casts out demons. Matthew 12.28, he has the five attributes of deity. Attributes meaning, or attributes of deity meaning attributes that he alone possesses that no other being have. The first being, he is omniscient, all-knowing. There's nothing that he's never not known. There's nothing too difficult for him to know or understand. He's not limited in knowledge. He's not limited in understanding. Psalm 147, 5. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere, all the time, always has been, always will be. There's no place in the depths of hell where he is not. There's no highest heavens where he's not. He's here right now. If you are a Christian, he lives in you. He's in you right now. He's in this place right now, everywhere at the same time. Proverbs 15, 3. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. There is nothing he can't do. There's nothing that is limited in, in his nature. He can do everything. He has all power, all authority over everything that ever, ever has been and ever will be. Luke 1, 37. He is eternal. No beginning, no end. He always has been. He is. He always will be. Eternal. And lastly, he's immutable. Hebrews 13, 8. He's unchanging. He can't be changed. He's the same. He can't learn anything new because learning something new would, in essence, be becoming new or different. He can't change. He's unchanging. He always has been the same. He always will be the same. When you are the fullness, you can't be anything less than that. You can't be added to. He is immutable. Now take a deep breath. Breathe in the Holy Spirit, the breath of life. Now exhale. I wanted to let you come up for, for air. His names and his acts and his attributes are inseparable. What do I mean by that? Let's use an example. Jehovah Rapha means the Lord our healer. He doesn't just heal to prove some kind of point. He doesn't just heal to do what only he can do, although that's part of it. He heals because it's his name. It's his name because it's who he is. He is healing. He wants to heal. It's out of his nature that he heals, out of compassion that he heals. He doesn't have to conjure it up and do it for some other reason other than that it's who he is. All of his names, there are many of them, tell us about who he is. He delivers us. He heals us. He strengthens us. All these things that we read. And let's go back to that last point. He is immutable. Hebrews 13, 8. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are you with me? 
So the question is, the topic for today is, what does experiencing the Holy Spirit look like today? The same as it always has. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny, but it is kind of funny. There is no scripture, and I've read scripture cover to cover many times, many times. I've never found a scripture that says he stops doing something. How can he? It's who he is. He can't stop being who he is. He can't change. His hand has not been shortened. He hasn't changed his mind about us. He hasn't figured out, I've got a better plan. He is who he is, period. And he moves, and he heals, and he speaks, and he delivers, and he transforms, and he sets us on fire for him today. The same as he always has. And just to circle back around, as I was praying for this church and for this time together, I felt like the Lord said, I want to encounter them. I want to remind them of who I am. Strange thing happened to me the other day. I was praying for your church, <laughs> the Lord's church. And I've had this happen to me one other time before only. I was just praying, nothing super spiritual going on. In fact, I didn't really feel like praying, if I can be honest. I just was like, eh, it's probably something I should do, right? Should pray for the church I'm going to speak at. So I prayed out of obedience, and I was praying, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I didn't conjure something up, I didn't eat something, bad pizza. Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit came and completely overwhelmed me with his heart for this church, for this church. I began to sob uncontrollably. And if you know me, that's not me. Hannah knows me. Is that me? That's not me. I'm not one to weep. I don't, I don't reject emotions, but I'm not particularly emotional, I don't think. But he began to just speak to me about this church and his heart for this church. And I can tell you, with confidence, with Godfidence, that he wants to move in this church. He wants to shake off the old things, blow something new in this church. And I'll tell you one thing, I have a heart, my heart beats for revival. I want people to encounter the real God, have a real relationship, not just know about him, we, we teach people a lot of times to know a lot of things about God. But the, the question is, do we know him? Do we know him? He's a real person, a real God. The Holy Spirit wants to be encountered and interacted with, not put away in a box over in the corner, giving lip service to him because we have to, because it's in the Bible. 
He wants to be encountered. And as I was praying, I really felt the Lord say, and I don't mean this in a bad way, this is just what I heard. They don't deserve it, but they're worth it. And it wasn't you, it's us. We don't deserve anything we get from the Lord. But he's good, and he loves us. How many of you earned your salvation? Good luck trying on that one. But he freely gave of himself. And I believe he wants to freely give of himself. Even today, he wants to touch us and move in this church. And I want to, I want to be, it felt like the Lord kind of corrected me between the drive from there to here and, and be a little bit more pointed about saying that God wants to move in this place. That's not a general word. Generally, we know God wants to move in his church. It's his church. It's his people. He wants to move. He always wants to move, right? But then there are times when he wants to move and do something different and do something extreme and do something real and do something powerful according to his perfect will and perfect plans. We don't always understand why or, or what he's up to. But I want to tell you, and I'm not a prophet. I'm not prophesying over you. I just am telling you what I heard God say when I was praying. And I believe he wants to move in revival in this church. But there has to be a response. It's almost like he's drawing a line in the sand. And he's giving us a choice. He always gives us choice. See, that's one thing about Holy Spirit. He's the kindest, gentlest, sweetest, most creative person that I know. He can also wreck your life in a good way. Mine's wrecked. I'll never be the same again. Some people would say I'm not right, but that's all right. It's not, it's not about what, what's wrong or right. It's, it's about what's been made right. But this line, it's like he's drawing a line in the sand and giving a, a humble invitation. On this side of the line is man's church where we basically just do what we want, make ourselves feel comfortable. And we can fill seats doing that. On this side is an invitation to encounter the living God, the Holy Spirit, and let him take control and let him have his way. And I know through talking with your pastor, this side over here is the direction he's wanting to take you on. He didn't pay me to say that. I just sense it in his heart. Do you want revival? Are you ready to let him ruin your life?
He's an all-consuming fire. He doesn't want part of you. He wants the whole thing. Scripture comes to mind. I don't even know the reference. It's in there. The eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for those that love him. If you can think of it, happening in this church, it's not big enough. Because people could say, well, it's just those people did that. I'm telling you as clearly as I can, the Holy Spirit wants to move in this church in such a way that people would look from the outside in and say, that's God. No people did that. But here's the thing, it will cost you everything. That's the thing about following God. It's a free gift that costs you everything. If you want to hang on to your life, you don't get his life. If you want to die and give up your life, this is what scripture says. Life is found in him alone. He is the life. He is the way. He is the truth. But it's worth it. I put all my chips in, and I'll put them all in again, over and over again. And even though he asks a bigger thing from me every time, it's like, oh, you, you gave up that, but how about this? Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. Well, okay, yeah, I'll give up that. He's like, okay. Well, how about this? Well, I don't know about that. Well, you gave me everything, I thought. Well, okay. You can have that. So he takes that. What about this? Again, he's constantly wanting all of us. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit wants to move in this church. And the bigger question is, do you want him to? I think it's wise to count the cost. Because one thing I know for certain Holy Spirit cannot, will not be controlled. <laughs> I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just, he's God. All these attributes of the, the creator of the universe, the biggest, baddest being that we could ever know is inviting this church to an encounter with him for the sake of his name for the sake of his kingdom.
do you want it? Now, I am one that tends to believe it should be illegal to talk about Holy Spirit and not encounter and experience Holy Spirit. If he's real, then he's real. If he's not, then he's not. I know that he is. I've experienced him. I've had too many encounters with the Holy Spirit to go back. And once you really encounter the Holy Spirit, you can't do church anymore like you had. <laughs> so I'm saying he's, he ruins everything, but it's so perfect and beautiful. It's amazing. It's the life you always wanted because you do everything with him. So if you would, we're going to pray. And we're not just going to pray because that's the religious thing you do to close the service. We're going to pray and we're going to ask Holy Spirit to come and do what Holy Spirit wants to do. Your pastor has, maybe he'll regret this later, I don't know, has given me permission and freedom to let Holy Spirit do what Holy Spirit wants to do. So we're going to pray for, for anyone that wants prayer, and we're just going to see. I don't want to be presumptuous about what God wants to do because it, I don't want to do my agenda. We're just going to have a time of prayer and see what Holy Spirit does. Is that okay? Is that safe? So if you would just stand with me. Let's engage God. My only agenda is to let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And although I make mistakes, my, my intention is to try and hear and catch that. Partner with him. So Holy Spirit, we say, come. God, we know that you're everywhere always. Your presence is unavoidable. But we also know that you choose to manifest your presence in ways and at times according to your will and your purposes. So Lord, I don't ask you, I don't try and coerce you to move. I speak out of the faith of what I believe you said to move in this place and release a taste a measure of what you want to do that goes so far beyond what we can imagine. So Holy Spirit, we just, we, we wait on you and we ask you to speak right now. Speak what you want to speak. Speak to hearts directly right now. Lord, Help us be patient and listen. So again, we're just going to take a few moments to, to just listen to Holy Spirit, not try to rush. Honestly, if you have a roast burning in the oven, you can go save it. No condemnation. If you have something to do and be, bless you. But we're just going to wait on Holy Spirit. 
Let him move in his time, in his way, and expect him to move and flow. Holy Spirit, speak. So I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes for a moment because I'm sensing a few things that I, I don't want people to be singled out and feel embarrassed. So I, I feel the Lord wanting to heal some people from addiction. If that's you, just raise your hand. And again, everyone just keep your eyes closed because we don't need to put anyone on the spot. So Holy Spirit, we ask for healing from every addiction. You know the need. You know exactly what's going on. We thank you that you are a healer. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would touch that person in that addiction and break off guilt and shame and condemnation. And let them experience and encounter your love. Jesus. God, we ask you to just release your presence right now. Jesus. Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. We worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus. God, we want to create an atmosphere, a place where you feel comfortable, not where we feel comfortable. We want to come into agreement with your will, not the other way around. So Lord, we submit to your will. Forgive us for our expectations, for our trying to put you in a box or trying to make you conform or make us feel comfortable with you. Lord, we give you permission to do what you want to do. So what I'm feeling right now is, is uh, the Lord asking for us to lift up our voices in prayer for revival. If we want it, we have to ask for it. You have not because you ask not. So let's just pray right now. You can, I actually, I'm just going to say, let's pray out loud because I feel like that's what the Lord is, is asking. So just in your own way, in your own words, you don't have to shout. You don't have to be drawing attention. But just begin to cry out for God to move in this place. You know, you, you go here every week. You know what, what you see God wanting to do, what the needs are. You know the people that he wants to touch. So just begin to pray. Father, we thank you for, for a move, a fresh move of your Holy Spirit. A fresh move of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, touch your people. For your namesake, Lord, 
for your name's sake, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Break out in this place, Lord. God, we know it only takes one spark. One spark. Okay, so here's what I'm sensing. I, I feel like the Lord wants to bring breakthrough to the, there's, I don't know if it's one or multiple people, but there's at least someone here that feels like they've been striving. It's like you've been going after God and you feel like you are spinning your wheels. not a lack of effort or trying or desire for God. You just feel like there's been a block. If that's you, I want to pray for you. So if you would be so bold as to come up front, I'd like to pray for you. And again, it could be one person, it could be 